Hi, everyone, and welcome to Howcast. How's everyone doing? I got some good news today, personal good news. Um, looks like my wife is going to be able to get her visa to Japan. So throughout this past year, throughout the past 18 months, actually, with COVID going on and with Japan preparing for the Olympics, the government has not been issuing any new visas um, to, to spouses of local residents. So a lot of people have been separated from their, their spouses and their families um, for a long time. I haven't seen my wife since I got married in January, so it'll be nice to, to finally see her again. So when I found out about this news, uh, one of the first things I did was I went on to Facebook, as one does, and I went to this Facebook group called Return to Japan Support. And I posted a message saying, um, looks like the embassy in China is starting to issue visas again. Everyone should call their local embassies. And a lot of people were quite excited. Um, apparently, some countries are not privy to this. So India, Sri Lanka, um, citizens from there are apparently not allowed to come to Japan on a dependent visa just yet. But I guess things are starting to, to open up just really not soon enough. Um, this Return to Japan support group uh, is very impressive, actually. So this was started by a company called Metro Residences that runs hundreds of apartment units um, throughout Japan. And when the corona situation happened, uh, the founder of Metro Residences, who's a friend of mine, he he got the inspiration to start the support group to basically help people navigate the return to Japan. Um, if you've traveled at all in the last 18 months, you know that the situation is very complicated. In order to get on an airplane, you have to fill out what seems like hundreds of forms. You have to get your PCR tests and this and that. And then when you actually land at your destination before you can even be moved to your home or to your hotel to do your 14 day or in some cases 21 day quarantine, um, you have to go through all kinds of different processes. Uh, so, so this Facebook group was started sometime last year and I believe now they're at close to 30,000 members or maybe 25,000 members. The information on there is actually super, super helpful. It not only has um, information on accommodations, it also talks about logistics, transportation. Um, it's and, and people are able to to you know post messages um, about the latest developments in and up any updates from the Japan Foreign Ministry. So all in all, it's been a super helpful resource during COVID. And I only found out about this group maybe six months ago. And after joining the group, I really got to appreciate how resourceful it is and how crowdsourced intelligence and, and updates and news can be super helpful in very, very uncertain times like these. So that got me thinking more about this idea of online communities. 
And from that experience, I went on to, to study a lot, of, a lot of different communities on Facebook. There's one called the Tokyo Expat Network here in Japan, which has, I don't know, 40,000, 50,000 members. Um, I joined them. They're also very useful. There was another online community in Japan called Building and Renovating a House. And that one, I, I think it's got like, I don't know, four or 5,000 members. It's very niche. It's all about, you know, how to source materials for buildings. Um, sometimes it talks about uh, real estate transactions. Uh, much of the content is uh, with regards to buildings and houses outside of Tokyo. Um, that's also a, a very uh, responsive and helpful community, it seems. So this this whole idea of community to me had been kind of foreign really until until COVID hit. And I could really see the power of, um, you know, people coming together and giving each other advice and helping each other out for no other agenda in mind other than just to be a helpful human being. So I started reading more into this. I started watching a lot of YouTube videos in particular. I consumed a lot of uh, Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk content. Um, Gary V, I highly recommend you check out his stuff. He's everywhere on literally all the channels. He is an entrepreneur who, who started with his parents' wine business back when he was quite young. He was a very early adopter of YouTube. So he started making YouTube videos back in, I don't know, 2005, 2006, before YouTube really became a thing. Um, and now he runs a huge media company called VaynerMedia. Um, and he essentially documents his entire life through video. And a lot of the content that he puts out is supposed to be very motivational. He tells entrepreneurs about how to build personal brand, how to build company brand. And one of the most important lessons that, that I took away from listening to him is this idea of jab, 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 right hook. Um, he's even wrote a book titled Jab, 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 Right Hook. And the idea is that most companies will want to go for that right hook anytime they're putting out any sort of content, any sort of advertising, any sort of communication with their consumers. And that right hook meaning you want to land that sale. But what he's proposing is that the right hook should be preceded by a series of jabs. And the jabs are really um, just kind of helpful, valuable content with no strings attached, no agenda other than to provide value to the customer. So let's say you play violin on the side, for instance, and you want to start building a career as a violinist, or at least you want to uh, start building a side gig where you can make a bit of income off of your passion and your talent. You could start by putting out some YouTube videos on, I don't know, how to, how to maintain your violin, how to change the, um, how to change the brush on your bow. Is that a thing? I used to play violin and, and this is how much it meant to me. Um, and then you could put out a, a series of this kind of free content. Eventually, you can start selling a course, for example, how to tackle this particular concerto. Um, and that is something that you could pay for. 
that that your customers could pay for or that your audience could pay for but the way that you build up trust with your audience is by almost like unconditionally putting out um, these little messages and these little videos that would be helpful and motivating in their quest to become a better violinist. So to tie this back to my business journey at uh, Section L, the company that I'm that I'm running, we are in the process of building up an audience and a community on Instagram. We started really concertedly trying to build this community in May of this year, three months ago, when we had a just under 500 followers on Instagram. Um, today we have about 4,300, which is good growth. Um, you know, we want to get to 10,000 before we can we can start to get comfortable. But uh, but so far I'm pretty happy with the pace, and that has a lot to do with the type of content that that we're putting forth. Um, we've been working with these two guys, these two young guys based out of Croatia who are just these social media gurus. They've been very helpful. They've been helping us source photos that really kind of capture the imagination, source photos that that frame Tokyo, that frame Japan in really the most inspiring light. And a lot of these photos are by amateur or professional photographers from their Instagram accounts. So what they would do is... Um, our, our guys in Croatia would, would basically write to them and say, can we you know, repurpose your photos for our account? And obviously we would credit them. Um, so we realized through this process that people really like to see these big wide frame cityscape photos. Those tend to get the highest engagement on Instagram. So um, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to see three, four, 500 likes um, there was one photo that we posted of Gundam, a giant Gundam statue in Yokohama, which is about 30 minutes south of Japan or 30 minutes south of Tokyo. And that one photo um, getting close to a thousand likes, which is about a quarter of our entire following. So all this, I don't think is, is accomplishment in and of itself. But it's just us trying to find the, uh, the right flavor that our community uh, would enjoy. But I have to say that at this point, it's not a community yet because it's really just us um, talking to them. So it's really more of an audience. For it to become a community, I really think we need to get them to talk back and get them to start submitting or at least start helping us to generate content um, in our instagram stories we are now trying to uh, put out more polls for example you know we have some yes no questions here and there the response on that actually is is pretty surprising to me um, routinely we would get several hundred responses for each instagram question and this could be something as mundane as do you prefer riding the bike or taking the train or um do you like baked goods? Yes or no? Um, things like that get get a few hundred responses. So that's a really promising sign. We're going to start doing more of that. Um, it's it's a really good way to get inside the heads of our potential audience and the potential people that are going to want to stay with us when they end up coming to Japan. Again, this is more of a monologue. This is more of us talking 
to them, we want to turn it into more of a dialogue where we get to hear back from them as well. So I think the value that we're providing to our little um, audience, hopefully soon community, on Instagram is really just the value of entertainment, the value of amusement, the value of travel inspiration. And in terms of how to turn that into sales or, or business results, I think it just takes time. I think we just have to be patient. Um, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. So we need to make sure that we enjoy this process too, that we enjoy the process of discovering good content and sharing that with the world. And soon enough that we enjoy the process of creating our own content. Instagram Reels is a function that we recently started using. At first, we were sharing other people's real content. Uh, if, you, if you know, Instagram Reels is a new feature relatively new feature that the platform has put out in order to compete more effectively with TikTok. So anytime you put out a reel, there's just a higher chance that, that they're going to uh, promote the reel so that more people can see it. So that's the other lesson I learned uh, working in, in social media is when a platform comes out with a new feature and they announce it and they make it big, Definitely try to adapt that feature in whatever content that you're putting out because chances are you will or you will have a higher chance of having your content promoted. So the next feature that we as a company are going to start using is Instagram Live. We'll start to do live broadcasting um, starting with the prize raffle. So we, we did a survey. Uh, we launched a survey about a month and a half ago and we're going to draw a raffle. Um, in which the two sets of winners will be getting three nights at one of our properties here in Tokyo, as well as dinner for two. So if you're listening to this, please go to www.section-l.com and uh, fill out the survey. We have about seven or 800 responses by now, and we definitely want to do more. On September 15th, we're going to be drawing the prizes on Instagram Live. Uh, so that'll be fun. Anyways, before I go off on a tangent, just back to this whole point about building community, I do think that one of the biggest learnings over the past six months is this idea of value first, business later. Um, and this approach is just a way to guide your content um, to make sure that, that it's helpful, it's relevant, it's amusing, it's inspiring, whatever your content goals are, um, in order to, to engage and hold on to that community. Um, once I really grasped that, wrapped my head around that in my head, I started to realize that actually people have been doing this for a long, long time. Um, just think about the number of you know free newsletters that you've gotten or... Uh, think about the amount of, of content on YouTube. Uh, I just never really appreciated that people were giving away their wisdoms for free um, in a very deliberate and a very patient effort to one day be able to, to um, get something in return. But again, patience is key here. 
and you really have to love the process, I think. Um, I'm working on a content plan for our company. I feel like in the end, it's just going to be a community plan because the content is, is really just for us to build community. So first and foremost, we need to identify what those communities are. To us, it's really a mix of potential customers, potential guests, um, potential company investors, potential real estate investors who are going to buy properties for us to manage, and also potential recruits. So the people out there that, that hopefully will, will one day join our team. Uh, so with that in mind, in this content plan, I'm trying to figure out what's important and what's meaningful to each of these groups of people. I'm not going to not going to rack my brain over this. I think you know, creating content is is really just about doing and then and then tweaking and and iterating as we go along. Um kind of like what I'm doing now. This podcast, literally if I'm not interviewing someone, it's just me talking. I mean, who the hell wants to listen to that? Anyways, the kinds of content that we've put out so far uh, include just, you know, videos that we've sourced from around Instagram and, and photographs. Um, we have a brand video that's now available on our website, and we've cut that up into small segments, which we use to seed um, our, our Instagram feed as well. Uh, we recently got on to TikTok and YouTube. I think we're going to continue showcasing the product. We're going to continue showcasing the, the energy of Section L by working with creators like, you know, the Kusanagi sisters and their whole crew of very cool and quirky dancers and, and artists. We definitely want to keep doing that. I think the other theme in our content will be just the growth of our company. Again, kind of like what I'm doing right now, really just documenting, not creating anything. I'm just documenting the journey so far. I believe that that is, is pretty compelling content because there's a lot of people that can relate to it. And there's not a lot of like transparent, in-depth in looks into startup companies. Um, you don't really get to see startups uh, in their rawest form. You don't get to see people be vulnerable as much. So to the extent possible, I, I think we'll, we'll try to, to showcase that and we'll try to display the journey um, in its truest form possible. Not everything's going to look pretty. Not everything's going to be high resolution. But uh, I, I think there's value to that kind of authenticity now. So we'll see. If you're out there making videos, recording podcasts, writing blogs, uh, building content, uh, you know, growing your company brand, trying to polish your personal brand, keep up the hard work, man. It's, uh, it's a slog. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a long time. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm just at the beginning of this. So let's fucking do this.